Colonial Woods Missionary Church presents Keys to Confident Living. Hi, my name is Carrie Molina and I was recently baptized. So my name is Carrie Molina. Um, the reason that I chose to get baptized was my grandmother, actually grandmother-in-law, Mary Lou Glover. It was a huge part of Colonial Woods Church. Um, she recently passed away in May, um, which was very hard for our family. And one of her wishes was that we were to continue coming to church and continue to have our four-year-old come to Sunday school. That was huge for her. The first time that I came was the first time being here after my husband's grandma passed, um, and it was rough for all of us. And that morning, Pastor Phil came up to me. He said, hi, I've noticed you um, here before, which I was occasionally with them. Um, I'm so sorry to hear about your grandmother. And of course, I start sobbing, <laughs> like I am now. All she wanted was us to come. So really, that's what started my journey in the church, was her. Um, once I started coming, I realized that it was a breath of fresh air to come every Sunday. Just one hour out of my Sunday, once a week, really changed my whole outlook on life. It made me very much more positive. It helped my family. My daughter really enjoys Sunday school. My husband likes to come to church with me. Um, so it's just all around improved my life. Well, good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? Good? Yeah. Hey, how about these videos? Haven't they been good? Uh, every week we've been seeing a new video of Change Lives. That's been so encouraging. I want you to I've been loving that whole thing. And um, we're finishing up uh, our series today. And so uh, we're not going to have baptism videos, but we're hoping to incorporate more videos and things like that so you can see how Change Lives are happening uh, on a regular basis. We currently have students um, at, at, for a high school retreat up at Brown City Camp. And I'm excited to hear about their Change Lives when they get back. I was actually there all day yesterday. Things are doing awesome there. The week before, was our, our fifth through eighth grade fall retreat and I got to go up there for that. Needless to say I've gone two weekends with students and then I've come up here. I'm a little tired you know um, but uh but it's been great because I believe that God is moving. I believe that we're going to see some awesome things. We are seeing awesome things. We're going to continue to do that. And I think these stories and testimonies are just like the, the, the tip of the iceberg for what God's doing in our lives. And so it's been just great. We've been uh, in a series called Repurposed. And, uh, and this is kind of the whole idea. We're ending this today. But we've been on quite a journey. Pastor Will's taken us on with different messages we've been talking about. Is how to become reclaimed for God's purpose. We've answered three questions of why am I alive? Does my life matter? And what? What is my purpose? Um, we've talked about the importance of our existence. Uh, and last week we talked about being designed in God's image. And if you weren't able to hear any of those, I encourage you to go back and watch them uh, and just see all these different things that are happening. I think it's been a great series that we've been in. And today we're kind of coming full circle to this whole idea of what does it mean to kind of live in this newness uh, that we've been talking about, this repurpose, if we're repurposed, there's a newness that happens, what does it mean to live in the new? Now when I got married um, a little, uh, about 13 years ago, I didn't realize I was marrying into an antiquing family. Any antiquers out there, anybody know what I'm talking about? So it's, essentially antiquing is where you go to antique stores and you look at junk. I mean, that, that's pretty much what it is. You go to these different stores and you find different things. But my, my in-laws love it. By the way, if my in-laws are watching today, hi, Matt and Joe. Good to see you. 
Christmas is coming to memory, I gave you a shout out. So, um, but, but, uh, but they love it. So whenever we go on vacation with them or do different things, especially with them, they, they want to look at these antique stores. And I, I've come to appreciate some of the things, but one of the things that they love to find are coffee grinders. Now, I don't know if you know this, but coffee grinders go way back. I know this because they actually have a book of every coffee grinder kind of ever made going back to like the 1700s. I, I didn't even know they made books. Like, who put that together? But, but they have this book... And you kind of look at them, and so when you go into these antique stores and you find one of these, we look at it, and then they can thumb through and go, oh, this was made this time, all this stuff. I'm like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. So they have coffee grinders all over their house. I mean, they have ones on their mantle. They have hanging on the wall. They found a coffee grinder that's a lamp. Just in case the other light switch doesn't work, I mean, and you want coffee, you need to be prepared. But it's everywhere. It's like mining for gold. So we go in these shops, and we're looking for them. It's great. Now, now my wife, she has a different thing. She's looking at, at different things in these antique stores to kind of find what could we redo to our house. And, and she has a different eye because where I see junk, uh, she sees possibilities. And, and, and for me, it's, I don't know if you were in elementary school and they had these books that had like those, those pictures, like they're just like lots of bunch of lines, different colors. But if you unfocused your eyes, there's like a hidden picture in that thing. You guys know what I'm talking about? Uh, you may have that. And so, so I was really good at that because I'm really good at being unfocused. Um, and so I could see these things. But I feel like going to the antique store with my wife is looking at one of those picture books and not seeing the picture. You know, where she sees all these, oh, look at this, look at that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They threw it out for a reason. Like, it, it, don't, don't you understand? And so we'll sit there and she'll be like, this would be great for our living room. And I'm like, if we bring that to our living room, we can get a disease or something like that if we drink from that. And, and she's like, no, why, why, why would you get a disease? Why would you drink from that? I go, because it's a teapot. That's what you're supposed to do. And she goes, no, it's a flower pot for my mums. And I'm like, what? And she goes, exactly. And I'm like, I don't get it, but that's what she sees where I see junk. She sees repurposed. She sees new. Can I tell you? That's how God views us too. That when we look at things and sometimes we don't see ourselves well or we see things out there and we're like, what is the purpose of this? And God says, because I created it and he sees something different than what we see. And that's been this whole idea of this series is how do we look through the lens of the Lord? How do we see things differently? How do we see a repurposed viewpoint? So we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 today if you have your Bibles and, and as we look at this passage, this is kind of the theme verse for the whole series. And I want to come back to this because I think it's really important for us to see the importance of new. And so when you look at this, um, it says this in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new is here. And it's funny, as we were talking about this as a staff, we get a team together to talk about the series that we're going to do. And as we're looking at this, I had been doing a study, um, my own personal devotions, and through the book of Ephesians. And, and I started, as we hit this idea of newness, I was in the middle of looking at Ephesians and seeing all these different times that the Bible talks about newness. And you're like, really, that's what you saw? I'm like, you don't really notice it until it's picked out. We've been talking about new and repurposed. And so I started going through uh, this and seeing the news all over the place. And so if you go back in Ephesians, as I was looking at this in chapter 2, it says this. It says, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, 
thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. And what's happening in this idea is at the time is Jews and Gentiles did not get along. And Paul's sitting here going, hey, yeah, but when you come under one banner, when you say that you are a part of Christ's family, you are now a new humanity is the word it uses. You're a new body. And so that there is a newness that comes out of this that we have to understand that we are now together. It goes on, I'm reading in Ephesians chapter 4, and you'll see this word new again. It says in verse 22 through 24, it says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And it's, it's this idea that if we are to be new, our job is to actually put it on to say hey we got to live in that kind of like a pair of clothes in the morning you actually put on your clothes you don't say clothes on although that would be pretty awesome right you actually have to do that physically your newness is you have to put on on a regular basis and that's what Paul's saying here and so I saw this word new all over the place and so I started going what what is it about this new what does it truly mean and so I started looking at the Greek, and I don't do this very often, but as I'm looking at the Greek, I saw that there are two meanings for the, for the word new in the Greek. The first meaning is the word neos. Neos means new existence, new existence. So this stool breaks, and I need a new one. So I go in the back and find a new stool bring it out to new existence, or like I go buy one at a store. It's a new existence, so there's a newness. It's, it's kind of what most of us, I think, think of when we think of new, right? The second word for, for new, though, in the Greek is kainos, and kainos means new quality added. So there's something added to make it new. Um, I, I met my friend Max over here. He's wearing a Mario shirt, and so Mario, I, I don't know if you have any gamers out there, but Mario has this game called Mario Kart, and I think of when Mario Kart, every time you do something well, and Mario, like you, you achieve something, they give you a new thing for your little race car. So you get like a new tires, you get new things, and you can make it a newer cart and like get better acceleration, you can do all these different things. If you're not a gamer, you're like, what are you talking about? The concept is, is you have one thing that starts, right? But there's something new added to it to make it even better. That's the word kainos is to have a new quality added to do it. Here's what's cool. When it's talking about this in this passage, that's what it's talking, it's using the word kainos, meaning that you have where you are, but there's a new quality added to you to make you new. And when it says get rid of the old, it's saying that the old, the part, there's parts of the old that can't live with the new. So you have to get rid of the old so that it makes room for the new quality inside of you. This is cool. This is you guys are staring at me like, what's he talking about? This is exciting stuff, okay? I want you to know that I, this, is, this is exciting because you now, as a believer in Christ, have a new quality added to you to allow you to live differently than you once did. What's so cool about scripture, it even tells us how to do that. So if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to read verses 16 through 21 because it talks about this whole thing. So let's look at this. Here we go. Starting verse 16. So from now on, 
we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new quality added is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he was committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now here's the deal. As you look at this passage and we're going to there are four things I believe it talks about that when you get this new quality added that you have that once you you didn't have before and so there are four new things I want to look at this morning the first one is is that we have a new view did you see that in verse 16 it says so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view we, when we, be, when, we, when we get this new quality added, we see things differently than we've ever seen them before. We have to, because there's something new. We're now seeing things the way that God sees them. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, a lot of times in my life, I look at it and go, okay, here's the world's point of view, and as long as I'm one step above them, hey, go me, right? Like, like you've achieved it. Like, I'm better than, I, than they are. And so we start pointing at everybody else and saying, hey, yeah, I get it, but they're living like that. I'm not doing that, so I'm at least a decent Christian better than that, right? So that, that's the standard that we put for ourselves and we put there. That's not what it's saying here. It's saying, hey, we can't look at it from a worldly point of view. You can't say that's your starting point. Saying the starting point is God's point of view, and how do we do that? My son Wilson this week was given a gift. Um, he was given these, what he calls, spy goggles. And uh, these spy goggles, let me show you what they look like here. That's right. These spy goggles, they're zooming in on me on the camera. Oh, yeah, that looks good. These spy goggles he puts on, and you see it's got a little thing on the side here. It's a magnifying glass, in case it wasn't close enough for you. And he'll wear these things, and as he's looking at stuff, he looks at it like this is the coolest thing in the world, like a pillow. And he'll come up and go, Dad, Dad, look at this pillow. I'm like, the pillow we've had for like three years? And he goes, no, Dad, look at it. Look at it. And he brings it closer to his face. So not even my face. He's like, Dad, look at it. He goes, it's so cool, isn't it? And I'm like, yes, that pillow is cool, Wilson. And then he'll go to the couch. He goes, Dad, look at this couch. I go, the one I'm sitting on? Yeah, Dad, look at it. And he's like, look, he's like getting all in there. He's so excited because these goggles now make everything blue, which means everything in our house is brand new, Right? So now he has to look at everything. He literally will walk around with these things on and he'll be like, Dad, Dad, come here, come here, come here. Like I'm wearing the goggles. <laughs> That's what this is saying. That when we become new, we get a pair of goggles to see things the way that God sees it, to view things the way that God views it. We no longer are to look at the world, at the, world the way the world does where this is our starting point, we are now going to look at it from God's point of view, and that's our goal. 
So we're not here where the world's at saying, how do I do one better? We're saying, here's what God says, and we're going to achieve it. There's a difference. It's not even how close, we're, our goal is to achieve it. That's what he's calling us to look at things differently than we've ever looked at it before. We have a new point of view. The, the second thing I want you to see here is that we have a new relationship with God. By the way, this relationship, God has actually been pursuing since the beginning of time with us. But for us, it's new because we, we recognize it, right? Verse 18 and 19, it says, all of this is from God, all of it, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He's saying that you now have the ability to have forgiveness then you are a place where you can come and have a relationship with me. It's no longer God pursuing just us. But once you, once you understand what God did by sending his son Jesus to die on, our, his, on the cross, conquer death three days later, ascend to heaven so that we can have a seat next to him in heaven. Once you understand that, it is now your job to start pursuing him in the same way that he is pursuing us it's a back and forth relationship and up until this point in time it has only been one-sided God coming at us not the other way around my wife would tell you that one of my best relationships is with my cell phone no one else here can understand that right that when I sit down whenever I'm doing I'm on my phone I'm looking at the stuff I'm playing the game I got the new app I'm doing all this stuff right that's a good relationship because my phone, it's talking back to me. We're doing different things. You see, we are called to have a relationship with God in the same way that he has for us. It's, it's not when you have a relationship with your spouse and you're sitting here on your phone. That's not a relationship. It's, there's a back and forth that needs to happen. See, we now, as we have accepted Christ, our job is to have a new relationship that looks different than the one we've been having. That looks different than the one we've been having. And that, that's tough to recognize sometimes because for some of us, we're like, no, I, I've got a good relationship. Well, how is it different since you accepted Christ? What does that look like? Are you doing anything? Well, I go to church. Yeah, yeah, but is there a, is there a relationship? Is there communication? We have to start viewing it differently than we've ever seen it before. That's number two. Number three, if we're going to see things differently and have a new relationship, the, the third thing is, is we have a new call for our lives. There's a new call that we have for our lives. It says this in verse 20. It says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Okay, that word ambassador is just cool. All right? Let me give you the definition of ambassador in case you don't understand how cool this is. The definition is a diplomatic official of the highest rank sent by one sovereign or state to another as its resident representative. My favorite part is of the highest rank. That's me. Okay? That's actually all of us. It says that we are ambassadors for Christ. 
you guys aren't very excited. Apparently, you all have been ambassadors before, huh? <laughs> I've never been an ambassador. And so when I read this for the first time, I'm sitting here going, wow, this is pretty awesome because I'm a diplomatic official of the highest rank. Yeah. I'm a diplomatic official of the highest rank to one who is sovereign. And now I get to be a representative. Which means when people look at you, they are looking at what Jesus looks like. Well, pastor, that's a little bit more pressure than you first stated. I know. But when you live in the new, and you now have this new quality added, you are at a place where people are looking at you to see what Jesus looks like because you are an ambassador of the king. You are now at the highest official ranking to the king, which means the things that you do are representative of things that he would do. The things that you would say are representative of things that he would say because you're his ambassador. And it says that we are therefore Christ, that we are all Christ. If we've accepted Christ, we are an ambassador for the king. Now here's the problem with me. Most of the time, I'm not thinking about this relationship. I'm thinking about this one. As I'm doing my life and doing all these different things, I, I'm living for the things I want. So when people see me, they see Dan. But they see the things that Dan would do. You see, if there's a new quality added to us, it should look different enough that people, when they see us, they see the king. You're an ambassador. That's so cool. But are you living as an ambassador for the sovereign king? That's different. The fourth thing that happens when we become new, we have a new direction for our lives. And this takes us back to verse 17, but before we do that, I want to see 21 because it talks about it too. It says, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That our new direction is about having the righteousness. We get to live in the righteousness of God. And then that's when you can see in verse 17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new quality is added. The kainos, the new, is here. There's a new direction set in your life when that quality comes in. It has to. Have you figured out what the new quality is yet? I hope so because I've said it a lot. It's Jesus, right? We're in church. That's the biblical answer we're supposed to say. Jesus. It's Jesus that's been added to your life. We're in, a, in Sunday school, Sunday school class I get to be a part of with our family. We've been going through the book of Colossians. And uh, last week as we were looking in, in this book, we came to this passage in Colossians 
that talked about this idea, and, and it just so happened to be following to this week, but, but it talked about this mystery, because so many people are going, hey, what's different? And you know if you've ever heard about when people get the question like, hey, there's something different about you, right? What is that? What is that quality that's different about you? Well, it says this in Colossians 1.27, it says, to them, that's everybody, God, the non-Christians, to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. I said, hey, there's a mystery. You all been wondering what it is. What's the, what's the new, like what's the quality added? What's different? I said, this is what it is. Which is Christ in you, the hope and glory. Christ in you. That's, that's the new quality added. And in our, in our class, we've been watching a video series and the teacher Um, His name is Louis Giglio, and he talked about this, and I love what he said. So if you're in my Sunday school class here today, you're going to get double portion, right? He says, it's different Christ in you than Christ and you. There's a difference between Christ in you and Christ and you. You see, Christ and you means that there's this part of you that you get to do life, right? And you're doing it as much as you can in your own will. You, you're going through life, you're doing things, and when it gets too tough, you tag and say, Jesus, I need you. God, I need you, and you tag him in. Say, okay, I'm tagging you. Now you come help me out, and you're going to take it the rest of the way. That's Christ and you. It means that you do part of it, and he does part of it, and then you go together. Christ and you. The difference is Christ in you is that he's with you from the beginning. That he lives inside of you have, get this, you have the power of Jesus Christ living inside of you to be able to do the work. Meaning there's not a part where you stop and he begins, it's all one. It's a new quality added. Pastor Phil said it this way as we were talking about this. He said, in God's eye, we are different because through Christ, we are different. That Christ is inside of us and because Christ is inside of us, we are different. He lives inside. This is exciting, right? Because you guys are just still staring at me. He's inside of us, living inside of us, giving us the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus that we get to go do his work. There's a quality added that we get to live in such a way. This is so important that in Paul's 13 books that he writes, do you know he mentions Christ in you 164 times? 164 times he talks about Christ in you or Christ in me as part of that. It means it's important to understand that Christ is inside of you and you get to live in this new, this quality that is added to be a part of that. I get excited. And we church have to recognize, we have to recognize that he's a part of us and there's a new quality And for some of us in here, you're going, yeah, pastor, this is awesome. I knew this, and I've been trying to live this way, and you've been doing it. Can I cheer you on? Great work. Keep it up. But for some of us, maybe, maybe we've known this concept. We've known about this idea that Christ is going with us, but we haven't felt it, or we have not been living in that way. And can I tell you, today could be the day that you say, I'm going to start living 
with a new quality added. And maybe for some of you, this is one of the first times you've ever heard this. And you're sitting here going, wait, how does this work? How do I get this concept of Christ in me? It's simple. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he rose three days later for you and you start living new. That's simple. And can I encourage you? You can do that today by saying, I will. That's how cool the gospel of Christ is because he now, once you say that, lives inside of you. But we have to choose it. Like in Ephesians where it says, you have to put it on daily that I have Christ in me. In the Hammerk household, we watch HGTV a lot. By we, I mean my wife and my daughters. And I have to sit there and endure it. I like it a little bit. I mean, we watch Love It or List It. We watch House Hunters. We watch, used to watch Fixer Upper, Christina on the Coast, Bones, Hometown. I could keep going on. It's what we watch. It's, it's, it's on. We love seeing the new stuff that happens. And, but I have two, when I watch the show, there's two things for me that come to mind. Thing number one, where do these people get all this money? Have you ever wondered that when they're coming in going, my all-in budget's $700,000? Really? What do you do? Because you don't look like you make $700,000. I'm not judging. That's not my job. But that's, I, I seriously, I sit there and go, what do you do? But think too that I think about, because this is what my mind does, is I go, these renovations take like two to three months. Where do these people go? Like they literally pack their whole houses up and they leave. Sometimes they say, oh, and they went to their mother-in-law's house. I ain't going to my mother-in-law's house for two or three months. She says, I like her, but. Where do they go? Seriously. This is what I think about. But imagine they come back. And as they're, you see the show, and then they come back in these houses. Have you ever seen it? And they're like, oh, they're in awe. Oh, look at this new bedroom and this new living room. This open concept is great and shiplap everywhere. Their mouths drop, they're awesome. And imagine, pick the show you watch, but they come and they say, oh, this is your new place. This is great. And imagine the owners coming in going, yeah. I don't really want it though. I mean, it's nice, but nah, I'm good where I've been. Mother-in-law pays the bills, food on the table. I'm good. Guarantee you have not seen the show on HGTV that does that. Because you'd be going, no, you're an idiot. We've created this whole new thing for you. We've added all these new things to your old house to make it perfect for you. And you're going to look at that and go, nah, I'm good. Can I tell you, we do this as Christians. At least I do. Maybe you're different than I am. For God says, I have a new quality that I'm going to give you. And I want you to live in that. 
I want you to live with Christ inside of you. I want you to live in such a different way that your world will be rocked. It's going to be amazing. Can I tell you some days I go, without even knowing it, nah, I'm good. I'll live the way I've been living. I mean, the world says that's good, everything else, I'm good. In the same way that we would look at the people on HGTV and go, are you kidding me? I think that God does that with us sometimes. Are you kidding me? I'm going to give you the world and you're just going to say no. You can live with a kainos, a new quality added to give you the world. So my question for you today is how have you been living? Have you been living in the new? Have you been living with Christ inside of you mentality? Have you been living in such a way that doesn't recognize the power you have inside of you that maybe it's, you're like, I thought I've been doing well, but it's been more of a Christ and me. But he says, no, I want to give you the power. Have you, how have you been living today? Because that's my challenge. We need to start living in the newness. We need to start living in the kainos. We need to start living with a new quality added mentality. And church, church, when we do this, can I tell you? We're going to see something awesome. We're going to see something. And it doesn't mean that life's going to be perfect and it's rainbows and unicorns. You're not going to have problems. You will. Okay? I can't guarantee that. But what I can guarantee is when you start looking through the eyes of our Savior, you're going to start seeing the world, a whole new thing that's going to light everything up. And it's going to be awesome. And that's what he's called you to do. That's what he's called Colonial Woods to do. That's what he's called the church in general, the body of Christ to do, is to live in the new. The new quality added. That's a challenge. Can I tell you, I'm excited. Because when we catch it, we get to be ambassadors highest ranking officials a representative of the king the king let's pray Father we thank you this morning first and foremost we thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross to conquer death three days later to ascend to heaven to prepare a place for us to one day join you. And until that time, you left us the ability to have Christ in us. And Lord, this morning, my prayer is that we would live with that new quality added to us. Lord, would you help us see things differently than we've ever seen them? Lord, would you help us pursue you the way you have been pursuing us? Lord, would you help us live as ambassadors to the King that when people see us, would they see you, Lord? But most of all, Lord, can we simply live with you inside, leading, guiding, taking us where you want us to go? Father, that's our prayer this morning. That's my hope. And Lord, maybe this morning there's someone here who's just hearing this for the first time. Lord, would you help them understand that 
they can have this power. That they can live with the new quality of you inside of them, Lord. The hope that is in you, Jesus. It's my prayer this morning. We love you. We honor you and we give you all the glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, church, you are dismissed. Have a great day. Colonial Woods Missionary Church presents Keys to Confident Living.